Hola. <laughs> I like how your introduction gets more and more chaotic. <laughs> That's the point. Just, well, I mean, yes, we are the chaotic goodness podcast. Right, where we give you amateur advice. In the most chaotic way. That's Colin Klingler. And that is Jordan Drennan. <laughs> so welcome. It's a brand new day. It's a Saturday today here. Yep. Um, whatever day you, whatever day, oh my gosh, <laughs> whatever day you are listening uh, to this episode, just know it is not Saturday. No, it's early Saturday afternoon and we're tired already. Oh, <laughs> exhausted. started for us. I didn't get out of bed until 11. Oh yeah, same. And I wish I could just still lay in bed right now. Yes. I would go back to sleep right now if I could. Oh yeah, for sure. My hands are dry. I'm putting lotion on. No, you're fine. I just felt how crusty they were. (laughs) I always hate that when you just look down and you're like, oh, gross. Yeah, I'm like, oh God. This is probably (laughs) why I'm still single. They look at my crusty hands. (laughs) (laughs) See your hands are like, no, I'm sorry. I can't. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) yikes. What's going on in your life, Jordan? Do you have any updates? Well, you all know that I have a recital coming up. I had a small panic yesterday because I realized my dress rehearsal is next Sunday. Yeah. Next Sunday? Next Sunday. That's terrifying. I thought my brain is so, like, screwed up on time. I have no concept of time anymore. (laughs) Like... I thought I had like an extra week between like now and the dress rehearsal. And then I like, I looked at one of my other assignments and I was like, that's due the 26th. Like that should be, like we have a weekly reading assignment and that's the next thing. I was like, no, no, next Friday can't be the 26th. And then I look at my calendar and lo and behold, next Friday is the 26th. Just, like, on the lines of that, I can't believe March is already almost over. Yeah, I know. It's insane. Yeah. I know, like, the vaccines are finally opening up for everybody. Yes, the vaccines. We're excited. Never thought this would have happened this quick. I know. I'm excited. Same. But it's already insane to me that it is already almost April, the fourth month of this year. Oh, God, when you put it that way, I'm like, (laughs) I'm scared. I am also scared. Help me. I'm almost almost 21. Party time. Yeah, I'm so much younger than everyone else. Everyone else I know is like 21, and I'm just like, hi. As soon as you turn, as soon as you turn 21, and like a few weeks, I turn 22 so weird to think about. I'm, just hearing that number makes me want to cry. <laughs> 22. Yeah. Weird. Okay. And then we graduate. Graduation's coming up in the about 700 days no I'm lying to you that's way too many 
Um, yeah, it's, it's like 400 or something. Oh no. That means I have to look at grad school. Oh yeah, you do. Oh no. I don't want to go through that audition process so soon. I'm going to try scamming my way into it so I don't have to do an audition. That's iconic. Actually, I'm going to do my master's online, so I don't think I will. Yeah. So today we are going to be talking about some more music history. Yes. Specifically Baroque. Yes, through the Baroque period. This one is interesting. I think you guys will know a little bit more about this one because this is where some of the bigger, bigger, more known composers start coming in. And it's also when Gregorian chanting just starts to die out. Thank God. Thank God. If you guys were bored by the medieval music, so were we when we yeah! <laughs> We were. Honestly, if, okay, so all of our exams, when we had a listening portion and they say, what song is this? I'm like, I don't know. They all sound the same. They literally all sound the same. Every single Gregorian chant sounded the exact same. Yes. Just talking about Gregorian chant. Um, mm -hmm. So I just took a world music exam yesterday. Yeah. And awful. But um, <laughs> one of the listenings, it was a Gregorian chant. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Because it was talking about like the Greek um, Byzantine church. Yeah. And so it was just, it was like the Gregorian chant. And the only thing I thought of was Hildegard de Bingen. And like, we didn't mm -hmm. have to say like what the piece actually was. We just had to say where it was from. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh my gosh, I know Hildegard was in Greek, but Greek was the only one that we're studying in this chapter to have Gregorian mm -hmm. chant. But then it just like took me back to first semester music history. No, no, I hate yeah. that. It was awful. Um, PTSD. Um, oh yeah, music history one was just rough in general. Yeah, I talk about the most boring class I think I've ever had to take, but also just like full of information. Oh, there was way too much information. I had such a rough time with those exams. Yeah, I really just hope I never have to take, nope, I'm taking that back. I hope I never have to teach a world music class or I just a music teach. history class. Mm -mm. I could never teach any kind of music history class. I'd be so bored. I'd be like, yeah, this, I mean, I guess this is important, but let's go to the romantic music. <laughs> Actually, let's just um, play Kahoot. And you can learn that way. <laughs> we'll just do a bunch of games. Yeah. Jeez. So first thing with Baroque. Um, I actually have a few facts about what was going on in Europe. Oh, yeah. At that time during the Baroque period. Um, one of the really cool things is like the scientific revolution. Mm -hmm. um, in 1609, Johannes Kepler described the orbits of the planet. Oh, yes, you're right. I'm actually learning about that or did learn about that in astronomy. Isn't that crazy that like, I know now we have like so much scientific technology, but mm -hmm. how did he figure that out right. in 1609? 
I have no idea. And then he just came up with this like formula just out of the blue. Yeah. To calculate all this. And I'm like, I could never. I barely know Pythagorean theorem. How do you create a whole formula to figure an or I almost spilled my chocolate milk. <laughs> no. How do you figure out a whole formula for the orbit of a planet? Right. Like, it's something we, like, you can't even go. That, I think that's something we did for one of our pre-labs is that we had to go try to measure, like, measure, in quotes, the height of one of our buildings to the flagpole just like based on other measurements we could find and I like royally screwed it up I was thinking like oh I'll just measure a certain height or a certain length because I walked like from I parked in a nearby parking lot and I walked from the front door to my car using like you know that like phone the thing on the iPhone where it like just measures everything yeah and so I took that and then I took the measurement, the height of like a nearby light post. And then I was like, oh, it's similar triangles. We can like figure it out from that. No, I didn't like think about the fact that the angles were probably so much different. Mm-hmm. And so I think that building is probably at the most 80 feet in my calculations, put it at like 200. <laughs> <laughs> that's close (laughs) right it's fine (laughs) i i think i would not be able to do that either Um, i'm like oh so wait how tall is this building oh yeah oh how tall is the flagpole oh okay thanks i tried to look it up on the internet i couldn't find it i would have done that (laughs) (laughs) so another interesting fact about space Galileo Galilei discovered moons around Jupiter around that same time. Oh, I didn't, my brain didn't put together the fact that those two lived at the same time and we were learning about that. Within the 17th century, yeah. Oh, okay. That's so interesting. Yeah. So as you can see, like the general theme of the time period was just improvement in general. Improvement, but like a lot of war. Oh yeah, because like Henry the Fourth in France. Um, oh, I guess that one's fun. Um, he guaranteed freedoms to the oh god, to the Huguenots. I don't know if that's what it really is called, but he gave people freedom. Um, and then the Thirteen Years' War occurred during that time in Germany. The England Civil War happened. Charles I was dethroned and decapitated. Oopsie. And then authority of the state became much stronger, which France with Louis XIV. Interesting. Well, that gives you guys some backgrounds into the countries we're talking about today. Yeah. Because this is also kind of the time period where, like, just about like the major, I don't want to say the major European countries, but like the countries that started really producing music kind of split off into doing their own things. Right, right. So like we were thinking of like in Germany, you have Bach, which 
as most pro- people probably know, is like one of the most well-known composers ever, if not the most well-known composer ever. He is the composer that um, music theorists look at when they discovered how we should do our music. So he became the whole framework of how we compose our music and how the chord structure and the chord progression said, should actually go. Um, which I thought was very interesting because if we didn't have J.S. Bach, our whole music theory probably would be so much different. Right. And that's also something so interesting to me because everyone hails him as this genius, which he was. He like composed, like, I don't know, he composed like, like several whole like organ pieces or oratorios in like one week. But personally, like, I only like a couple of his songs. I don't like a lot of Bach music. (laughs) I don't either. (laughs) Yeah. He's fun to talk about maybe but uh yeah Bach, what a man mm-hmm. he didn't write a single opera though which i thought was very interesting what happened i'm so sorry my computer I don't know what's up with the internet today. You literally froze for like a whole like moment and then you unfroze and then instantly froze again for another <laughs> I just saw like your mouth moving. I was like, is she speaking? <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm mouthing to myself, I'm gonna kill this freaking computer. <laughs> I was just saying, um, Bach never wrote a single opera. Yes, that is true. Which I think is interesting. You would think as somebody who kept writing music at the speed and the complexity as he did, he would have cre- like created an opera. Right, and he didn't. I think, what did we have down? We had um, Monteverdi was the first, well, like the first complete opera writer with L'Orfeo. Yeah. Which is the tale of Orpheus. If you guys don't know, it's you know, Orpheus goes down into the underworld to save his wife and is bringing her up and his only rule is not to look at her and then he does. And then he's like, no, woe is me. It's like, you had one rule, dude. You had one rule. Go up the tunnel, not look back, have your wife. Right, and he still did it. And then he's like, ah, like, stupid. Maybe if I just listen to the rules. (laughs) It's not like they told me it and made sure to tell me it in good detail. <laughs> Emphasize it. He's dumb. Mm-hmm. Long story short. <laughs> yes. A dumb man. Yes. Which, honestly, not too far off of any other guy here in the United States. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I think he was from Italy, wasn't he? I think that's what we learned. Who? Monteverdi. Oh, yes. Which then also goes along with another major composer you guys will know, Antonio Vivaldi. <sighs> he wrote those seasons. Seasons, so good. He wrote, he wrote the brutal winter. He wrote the springing spring. 
he wrote about the uh, the um, colorful fall. He wrote about what am I missing? Oh, summer. He wrote about that warm summer. <laughs> yes, I think it wasn't. I want to say I'm not gonna be right on this, but he was kind of the one who really took off with like violin concertos because like yes. Bach did more like church stuff still with like the organ but he was like ah oh, violin concerto mm-hmm. and I think that. a lot of that was due to his the fact like his father was a violinist and his I've father played there. at St. Mark's I've been there in Venice which I wish I have ever been to Venice Oh, it's so good. Oh, is it really? It was, I went in July. I did this for um, a European tour. We got to sing there. And so I actually got to sing in St. Mark's. It was so much fun, but it was in July. So then it was so hot Mm. and I forgot to bring sunscreen and I burn really easily. So (laughs) I was like so scared of burning. I wore a jacket the whole time in july in the southern italian heat oh my gosh ouch yes but i got to go on a gondola ride yeah that's fun oh it was so fun and some we must have rode by like an opera house because we just heard a lady singing opera but it was like the theme of the godfather (laughs) oh it was fun but anyway but anyway, Vivaldi. Okay. Oh, I forgot about this. Um, mm-hmm. They called him El Priste Rosso, which that's... means the red priest. Yeah, that's weird. And it's because he was redheaded. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he was redheaded. So they called him El, or El Prete Rosso, <laughs> the red priest. That's iconic. I think it's so funny. I was like, wow, so clever. He probably was like, oh yeah, I'm redheaded. Is that a redheaded joke? Thank you. <laughs> You're calling me ginger. Yeah. That was when they that was the thing back in the day. Instead of saying gingers don't have souls, they just call them red priests. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Unholy. <laughs> And we can move on to France. Oh, France's, yes. France's heavy hitters were Luli and oh, Purcell. Purcell. De, um, Jean-Philippe Romeo, Ro- Romeo. Oh, I don't think I've heard about that one. Oh. Teach me something. Okay, um, well, he was a French, compo- a French composer um, that wrote some operas. Um, he, okay, so a lot of the theories that we use for um, music theory also come from him. He wrote a book, basically the, um, the Treaties of Harmony in 1722. Um, and that basically, like, um, outlined the triad and the seventh chord are primal elements of music. So before oh, yeah. that, like nobody has ever written about it, but he decided to do that. And he defined the root of each chord and recognized chord inversions. Interesting. 
you know, I don't think I've heard of him, but you were kind of talking and I was like, wait, maybe we have, but I don't think I have any notes on that. Oh, interesting. That um, like let's see what else. Be important. <laughs> yeah. He categorized atomic dominant and subdominant. Yeah, that's pretty important. <laughs> yeah, um, the fundamental base, the root of the chord. And it said, for the first time in music history, the harmony chords are recognized as the generator of music. And he was the first person to bring all these theoretical ideas together in one book. Now I'm disturbed. Why did we not learn about that? Oh. That's disturbing. I'm upset about that. We talked about him right after Vivaldi. Right after Vivaldi? Yeah. Interesting. Well, our teacher was slacking. Like we were talking before we started. Our teachers would just, they'd give us like a very general outline of what they were talking and then they would just start talking. Oh, yes. So you just have to kind of like guess at what was important and what wasn't important <laughs> one of my oh sorry no you're fine go ahead um when we were learning about the italian the french and the german composers mm -hmm. the only way i could remember an italian composer during the baroque area or era was that mm -hmm. it ended with an e sound so you had corelli oh. vivaldi um, you had Scarlatti, you had, um, I can't think of any other one, <laughs> but like Monteverdi, like they all ended up with an E, like an E sound at the end. That's funny actually to me. Yeah, Torelli, Corelli. <laughs> Torelli, oh my God. Yeah, we don't even have him. I'm looking at the names, like the general overview that I had for my exam. That's so stupid. I'm upset about that. Oh, but you know, um, Luli, going back to Luli, he had oh yeah, was the one he had like some kind of overture, and like you know, for that time, operas like would have an overture to introduce the fact that like the royalty or the upper class was coming in. So it's this like huge fanfare thing, and I'm like. I used to listen to it all the time because it made me feel important. <laughs> Just imagine like if you played it right before you walked into any room. Ah. You're like, oh, I got this. <laughs> yes. You just strut in all fantasy. <laughs> you strut into Phantom of the Opera. <gasps> yes. <laughs> yes. One of the really big things I think with the French um composers they included a lot of ballet oh, in the yeah, operas right. the different i'm not gonna i'm gonna butcher this sorry people who speak french something like that sure <laughs> <laughs> i just have ballet de cour which i don't oh I, that's the court ballet but i don't know um, I didn't write that down. We called it general, the word I just said. I'm not going to try to say it again because sometimes it wasn't just ballet. I think it was other things too. I don't quite remember. 
Like, oh, I see it. Yeah, the divertissement <laughs> diversions. You can tell we don't speak French. Yeah, little dancings, peppered in operas. <laughs> yes. You're right. Yeah, I love that. Yes. French opera was cool to learn about. I really enjoyed it. I really did too. And I think it's because they really included a lot of the fine arts within an opera. Yes. And not like Germany and like Italy, they didn't really do that. And it was like French, they're tended to be more emotional, I feel like within music Mm -hmm. and they're very visual. So I think I just really liked learning how they included more fine arts within the opera and just singing and music. Mm-hmm. And they also didn't like, like, you know, if you th- look back at just any operas now, Germany is like notorious for the, just like the heavy topics and heavy drama and Italian opera is leaning that way, but also very like passionate and French opera is a lot of like, fun themes comic themes and they don't really like to i mean they'll get into heavy topics but they don't like to yeah i think all of my music that i'm singing this year um or this semester i'm singing a like a french a german and an italian and an english yes and all of mine are always separate or um all surrounding the theme of love in some way Mm -hmm. um I think my German piece, I am talking about, um, it's called Der Nussbaum. And mm-hmm. I, I haven't actually sang it yet. So. Um, but I think that one's more of like a reflecting piece, but let me talk to you about the ones I really do know. Um, the French piece I'm talking about, um, I'm talking about love, but it is a more it's reflecting but it's not hard it's just mm-hmm. oh I'm in love and it's so nice mm-hmm. I love love like that's what that is my Italian piece I'm like I'm angry because my the person that I'm in love with cheated on me and I'm gonna sing to you about my about my yeah. immense disdain and my sadness yes <laughs> yes like the only exception to that rule that I'm finding, one of my French pieces, well, I guess two. It's really funny. My sets for any, all of them for any language is like, I start it with like a relatively kind of happy song. And then I end with something super angsty and depressing. <laughs> except for French, cause I have, I think all of my sets are two songs except for French, which is three. So my first one is like talking about how my lover is a sailor and my child's going to grow up to be a sailor and then I'm just going to be alone. Me. So (laughs) that's kind of angsty. And then I just talk about love and then I end my last French song is like talking about living while you're alive in this beautiful sunset. And then I end the song with the river goes to the sea like us to the grave. I love that. The angst is fun. 
Oh, moving on from France to England, when our boy Handel joins the scene. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! When we mentioned Handel before we started, we were like, ah, the Messiah. Let me tell you. If anyone out there doesn't know what the Messiah is, I don't know how you couldn't know because it's like one of the most performed works probably almost ever. It's yeah. the Hallelujah Chorus. It's The Hallelujah Chorus. The ending is the Hallelujah Chorus and that's the only way people know what it is. Isn't there a thing where the reason people stand up for it was because the king of England at that time listened to it and stood up Oh, I haven't heard about that. So everybody else like stood up because they, I don't think they knew why he actually stood up. They like, a lot of people thought it was because that, see if I can find it. Cause I know I wrote about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is like, he was so moved by it that he stood up. So everybody else did. So now that's why everybody stands up when they listen to that song. Oh, that's interesting. I love that. Everyone's like, I don't know why he's standing, but he's the king. I'll do what he says. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and having to have, like perform that so many times. So many times. And I'm ready for it to not happen. I actually have to disagree. It is annoying. Ooh. But I really love the Hallelujah Chorus. And every time I say that, everyone's like, Jordan, what the heck? <laughs> King of Kings! It, I think why I like it so much is because when we do it, every time I've performed it, it's always a giant group number. Like when oh, we yeah. did it, used to do it in high school, we'd get both the orchestra and all the choirs together and invite any alumni to come up mm-hmm. and do it. And then when I got to, I've only got to do it like once in college because for some reason they didn't do it last year when we had our holiday concert. And then this year, obviously we had COVID so we couldn't do it anyway. But the one time I did it in college, I think it was also all the choirs and the orchestras. So then that was also a huge thing and it was really fun. And like the director of the whole school of music directed us that's really cool I think sorry oh sorry sorry you're good okay I I just have some really short I think after high school I have not performed at once really yeah my college doesn't do it that's interesting I don't know why we haven't I thought it was kind of a tradition at Ohio State too because everyone kind of made it sound like they had all done it before. So I was like, oh, it's just another thing here, but we haven't done it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so I'm a little sad about that. I've also done not just the Hallelujah Chorus, but um, the Methodist Church where we grew up in Bryan used to every other year get a group of people together to do more excerpts from the Messiah. Hmm. So we did the Hallelujah Course, obviously, you have to. 
and I don't remember a lot of the other ones, but the other one I remember liking was For Unto Us a Child is Born. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if most likely people out there haven't listened to it, but it's just all of these crazy runs and every single voice part because they take turns. And I think I tried to go back to it like a little while ago and just like for fun sing it with myself. And oh my God, with my singing technique now, uh-uh. my voice doesn't do that anymore. I can't do any run. No. My teacher's like, oh, you could do that. And I'm like, who are you kidding? I'm like, all right, watch me butcher it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, you know I'm a heavy lyric. Don't even get around me with that. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Don't give this to me. Don't do this to me. Uh, uh, uh. Is there anything else you'd like to say? I think that's all we have. We went through all the major countries. We taught you guys a bit about the major composers. Maybe you learned some stuff that you didn't know already. I know I did. Yeah, I did too. Maybe it was just a fun review for some of you experts out there. Because that. And I hope we didn't tell you lies. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) <laughs> this is just like us before we do this we literally like look at our notes for like maybe 30 minutes and then we're like all right let's go get it <laughs> so with that being said please tell us what you would like to hear next give yes. us some advice some slap us a few times get us into shape yes please <laughs> <laughs> so if you have any stories suggestions about you know the broke Anything you would like us to say, send us a little email. We'll read it. We'll get it going. But anyway, that's all we have for today. Yep. <gasps> See you guys. Bye. Bye.